Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. I'm James. And I am Michael. All right, we're back. It's happening. I just realized how many times I say Nintendo in that intro. <laughs> yeah, it's a Nintendo. It's, it's you know, it, it, we're really driving it home for people. Yeah, we're a Nintendo podcast. Did anybody know? <laughs> yeah, because we cover Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how is everybody this wonderful, beautiful, cold Northeast day? It's cold here, too. Cold here is in it? the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it's it's cold. We How went out cross-country skiing. I, I mean, oh, it's nice. it's under 20, under oh, 20. That's, that's pretty chilly, I would imagine, right? Like, we're, we're at, uh, I haven't done a recent check, but the last time I did check, it was nine here, which is very cold. We haven't had that kind of temperatures in a, in a bit, but um, I was looking at something and they said, recently, you are on the colder side of things than normal. And we are on the warmer side of things than normal, which seems to be the new normal um, as the country continues to heat up. So we, we don't get as much snow anymore. Yeah, we got, um, it's, it was a good week. We, we got like a, the Pacific Northwest area got like a big storm kind of coming in. So some snow did fall Ooh. in the area we went cross country skiing. It was good because it was, it had snowed, but like only in the mountains before. So it wasn't like close by. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I was out there, you know, shoveling away. It wasn't too bad, but now it's it's fine. It's beautiful. We went out cross-country skiing, even though it was, I think it was like 25 degrees. It, it was sunny. So, like, you just, we're just sweating the entire time. So yeah. You, know, <laughs> so you get out. You get moving yeah. on skis. It's it, You get warm. It's, it's a workout. It's, it's, it's literally a workout. Yeah. 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 So. I, I was up north, uh, right, right on, like, the Canada border, and it was gorgeous. I mean... Um, this, the, the area is called like the Tug Hill Plateau. And basically it's known for this time of year for snowmobilers because they almost always get snow and, and it's a lot of lake effect snow. Um, so they, it's just a beautiful, beautiful area, like driving, uh, it's about three, four hours from where I am right now and driving through, it was just like a winter wonderland. There's constant, it snowed the entire time I was there. And just like not nothing blizzard crazy, but enough to keep everything white. The trees were always covered. Mm. The road was always covered. And it was just like, mm. this is this is what winter should winter be. Winter wonderland. If, yeah. If you're going to have a winter, this is what winter should be. Otherwise, I'd rather be sitting on a beach, you know, drinking a, a an adult beverage with an umbrella in it. If, I'm, mm-hmm. if, it, yeah. if, if yeah. I don't get winter, then I don't want it at all. So it's either one extreme or the other. I don't like this weird in between stuff that, you know, where we mud actually season. live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> kind of like mud season all the time here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I uh I'm currently sitting here with a, a leg brace on. I hurt my knee this oh, week, no. so I can't bend it. I had an x-ray and an ultrasound yesterday, and that was my Long fun-filled time. day. And all uh luckily nothing's broken, no blood clots, nothing like that, but um it's still, they said I have, uh, I don't know what the term is, but there's like fluid around my knee from the, the hit that I took. Oh yeah. And it's, uh, they said I have to wear this or I, sh- I should wear this brace because it'll help heal. Rec- recommended. It's a recommended. Yeah. It's recommended. You know what now, they call I that? If a doctor Michael? recommends you do something, you should just do it. Do it. Uh, it's an, ex- <laughs> yeah. it's a suggestion. It's a suggestion. <laughs> yeah. You know what they call this when this happens to you, Michael? What's that? It's you're getting old. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got out of bed. That was what caused the wound. It's like, I what? out of bed. Yeah. They're like, huh, we need, we have a diagnosis for this, Michael. Yeah. It's called, you're getting old. Yeah. Flips the papers. Old <laughs> age. Oh, that, oh, this is called old age. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I took an arrow to the knee is what really happened. And uh almost pretty much. Do you want to <laughs> yeah. explain what happened? Uh it's just a long story short, but I got hit in the knee with something. But I thought this was a- from your 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 last injury of to your leg or knee from the summer. Oh, remember that soccer? Yeah. Are you talking about the soccer wound? No, I'm talking oh. about the one where you're building a house. You jumped on the trailer? Were, yeah, the trailer. Oh yeah, no, no. That yeah. was just what are you- I can't that's I can't jump. That was my own doing. This this was unrelated to to <laughs> I didn't do this. This wasn't something I did to myself. That was just me accident. seeing if I could jump. That yeah, that accident was yeah. self-inflicted. This was No, that was not an accident. accident. That was you being dumb. <laughs> no, I can accident. do it. I believe I can do it. Next time I'm going to wear shin guards and do it. Just <laughs> just in case. I'll be protective, but You're I believe to learn. <laughs> I did. I learned that I need to wear shin guards if I try it again. All right. I guess that works. <laughs> So let's get to the news. <laughs> yeah, shall we? Shall we actually talk about the news? Yeah, uh, what are so... we, Nintendo? <laughs> yeah, we talk about Nintendo news on this, right? Yeah. Um, so this past week, Nintendo Switch—well, not this past week, actually. Uh, this, I guess we learned about it this last week, but Nintendo Switch accounted for eighty-seven percent of all consoles sold in Japan in twenty twenty. The Switch sold six point eight five million consoles in Japan and that's including the regular switch which which was 3.9 million and then also the switch lite which sold over 2 million. In second place was the PS4 selling 543,000 units. So there's a big jump between 543,000 and 6.85 million. <laughs> yeah. And then the PS5 sold over 255,000 uh yeah, 1000 units. Um, that's how numbers work. And Nintendo also accounted for almost 50% of all boxed game sales in 2020. And this makes this past week was the fourth week in a row that Nintendo Switch games have taken all uh, top 10 of the top charting positions in Japan. So Nintendo Switch is just taking over and it's amazing. That is amazing. It's kind of yeah. crazy. I, I think this this little system's got some staying power. Yeah, I think it's yeah. gonna be around for a I bit. I think it so. might be okay. This thing might do all right. I think, I think it's got it. <laughs> I think it's gonna continue to do good just based on availability, and then based on the games that are on it, and then based on the price point. Mm-hmm. I think that it's one of those things where Can't it's hard it. now because the PlayStation Four will go down in price, but then the PlayStation Five is taking over. So like you kind of you don't want the older thing, you want the newer thing. So it's. It's one of those uh, conundrums, I think, w- when you release new versions of the console, because obviously the PlayStation 4 is the Xbox One is like more powerful than the Switch, right? But mm-hmm. like now that they're like phasing those out and bringing the new consoles, it's sort of the flip side of this where those consoles will, the older ones will kind of go away, but the Switch is there. It's like, hey, I'm here. Don't worry about me. And I'm, I'm cheaper and I got a bunch of games and everyone's playing. Tons me, of so, games. Yeah. yeah. In fact, so many games that uh, on the latest charts, Via Famitsu, we see that the Nintendo Switch is accounting for, I think, 28 of the top 30 games, which is all basically Dang. all of them. They have the yeah. top 20 <laughs> of 20 and the Call of Duty Black Ops for PlayStation and Sakuna of Rice and Ruin for PlayStation 4 are 25 and 26. But in general, basically all of the games are for the Nintendo Switch. The um, that includes Animal Crossing, Ring Fit Adventure, Mario Kart, Smash Bros, Clubhouse Games, Minecraft, Splatoon, Mario Party, Pokemon, Pikmin, 
all of them. Um, the number one game is what is this game? Motomoro Dentesuo. This is a J- Japan exclusive game, which is like selling very well. Um, I'll give it a go. Momotaro Dentetsu Showa Hensai Riwa Moteben. Perfect. Yeah. It's a long running board it. game. Right <laughs> off the tongue. Right yeah. off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a long running um, game, like a board game. Oh, I have seen this. Huh. You know what this is? I've totally seen this. This is like um, Mario Party. Yep. Oh, this is totally oh, it. Okay. It's, yeah, it's the billion. Oh, I think they're going to release this in the U.S. too at some point. It's not going to do very well. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. if, you, if you Google it, I, I remember this. It's sort of like a Mario Party type of party game, which is funny. But yeah, they're all there. All the, all of your favorite games, they're all there and they're all selling super well um, on this list. You know, I think fascinating that one, which is a Konami game, 1.6 million units. Animal Crossing at 6.5 units. So everybody that bought a console last year bought that game. Um, Ring Fit to over 2 million. Mario Kart over 3.6 million. Smash Bros over 4 million. Um, Pokemon almost 4 million. I mean, it, it's just lots Jeez. of games is what I'm saying. Lots of games. It's, it's this, good. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's a lot of Nintendo games on here, but there's also a lot of non-Nintendo games, too. So I think that's also a good sign um, that there's a good blend of games from different systems and you know in in general last week in in the switch and switch like combined basically had about two 160 170 thousand units sold compared to the playstation 5 which had six thousand and playstation 4 which had three thousand so not not as good but mm-hmm. um it's it's not a great day when the playstation digital editions the nintendo 2ds sold about the same amount so but you know it is what it is it's crushing it crushing it it is crushing it i mean when you have 28 of the top 30 uh you're not doing too bad you're not not doing too it's hard to complain now in i guess some sadder news maybe not terrible especially not for takaya imamura but he is retiring from nintendo he was a nintendo artist uh he was there for 32 years. So a pretty good run. I don't think he's, you know, mm-hmm. he's done some things. And I'm sure you've heard of them. Many iconic Nintendo games. Star Fox. Might have heard of Star Fox. F-Zero, maybe. Or a little one. Majora's Mask from, you know, Legend of Zelda. I don't know if you've heard any of these games, but he was indie part. indie games. Yeah, yeah, little indies. He was a part <laughs> of all of these. Uh, in fact, he was one of the artists for Star Fox. And a little fun factoid was that the game, he was one of the first for Nintendo that did polygonal graphics, which I thought was kind of cool. And as anybody, anybody that's played Star Fox, it had a very distinct, unique look to it, especially at the time. It was like, I remember when I was looking at it and playing, I thought it was crazy. I was like, this game is, is bananas. Um, I, when I was looking through this, I was reading that the characters he created were by Miyamoto's direction. But he created the, you know, obviously Fox and, you know, all the other ones that were in the game. But when he created them, he actually created them with the personality and the role of the team behind it. So, like, Miyamoto was Fox. And, you know, all the other characters were other members of the team that was developing the game. And I thought that was kind of a cool little bit where he was in his mind. He was like, "Okay, here's the leader, obviously Miyamoto. And then we go down from there. So I thought that was kind of fun. One of the things he may be best known for is Tingle from Zelda. Now, he first appeared in Majora's Mask. And then there was a I mean. I was going down this list of Zelda games. He's in so many of them. And then he had his own games in 
on top of that, so you had freshly picked Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land, uh, fun <laughs> little hit Rolls there. Rolls out the tongue too. Yeah, Tingle's Balloon <laughs> Fight DS, ripen Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love. So there's a couple games I have not played any of Tingle's games, um, but I have definitely <laughs> seen him in Zelda many times. But I did think it was funny to call out some of those ones that were dedicated to him specifically. Uh, Imamura joined Nintendo back in 1989. And on the day he retired, January 20th, he tweeted, This is my last day going to work. I took a selfie with the empty office. I guess I won't be coming in here anymore. As you'd expect, I'll miss it. But we all wish him the best. What What a career. I mean... 32 yeah. years, some of the best games on Nintendo's library in Nintendo's library. So good on them and uh, and hopefully have some fun on retirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's this is one thing I was thinking about this morning, um, you know, reading through some of the articles is the fear I have. OK, and we can try uh-huh. to validate this here on the podcast is, you know, the Nintendo teams that are often highlighted, right? The teams at um, Nintendo proper that are building these games, like the Legend of Zelda games, the you know Mario games, things like that. Even Miyamoto Mono, Mio himself, right? Is of, of an aging population, mm-hmm. many of these artists and designers and developers, they were original with Nintendo. Like obviously Nintendo has hired more people since, but some of the iconic ones, and I don't know if it's a, because everything's in Japan, like almost all the development houses are in Japan. You know, they have this legacy of you, you, you work at one company and that's where you work, you know, for a long time It's more, more cultural, at least historically is that there's just sort of an aging population of iconic Nintendo individuals that we see all the time. Mm-hmm. And as they get older, they'll retire or they'll, you know, work on different projects, have different input on it. Um, I've seen more recently, we've seen probably at the Pokemon company, like a few younger individuals like getting up and talking about it. But my fear is like a lot of these iconic individuals are going to start to retire and then who's replacing them. And I don't know, I'm not seeing those people. So hopefully Nintendo can, you know, shift a little bit and and and, and see that because I think, you know, the people in which that are playing their games just are of all ages. So, mm-hmm. and, and obviously there needs to be someone to replace them. So that, that's kind of my fear. Like when I started to read this, I was like, okay, well, like, you know, how far away is Miyamoto son from retiring? Right. Like, yeah, it's a valid question, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that's a, it's a, it's a great question and concern because it's 68. We don't see anybody. Like you said, we don't see any other, uh, like names, like a Miyamoto. We don't see anybody else that's kind of in that limelight. Mm-hmm. And it would be wise for Nintendo maybe to start showcasing others just so I'm thinking as like a, an investor or a shareholder in the company, you would want to see like, all right, they're investing in that future. And I'm sure it is happening. We just don't see it as the public. I would have to imagine that they are thinking about that and planning for that. But there's got to be somebody, right? There's got to be somebody that's, be. That, yeah. that's up and coming I'm and sure, that's working yeah. there. So I, I guess if you think about it, they didn't feature like Mimoto or anybody starting up in the company when they started however many years ago. So I'm thinking they do have people in mind that are working and working their way up in the company, but they're not going to feature them until they actually move them up, right? Because it doesn't make sense for them to say, oh, this person's working for us now when half the time 
they'd be working for Nintendo for a really long time to actually have this notable title, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, yes. I'm not that worried about it. I'm sure Nintendo has has their finger on the pulse, but it's probably not something that they're publicly saying, we have this person working on our team and they're going to take over this person when they leave. I don't know. I don't know. That, that would be weird to me if they did that. No, I mean, I, I think that they just need to, you need to, there's a way to do it, right? There's a way to gradually bring in more people. Like when you have different events around E3 or GDC or things like this, you you enable, like if you look at a, a, a Microsoft, a, a Google, uh, an Apple, big press conferences, they bring in a variety of people, okay, to present on the things that they're working on, the experts in the area. And often I think that they're not highlighting those individuals often, like, because it's all digital and those like, you know, skim through it, or it's only the larger you know, names in the company that are hi- highlighting and showcasing the games in which they're working on. I'd have to go back. I, I just feel like kind of historically, we see the more legendary individuals working on the games and mm-hmm. less of here are here are people that work on it. Again, it could be it could be cultural. I, I don't know necessarily. But if as you as you go through this, you you expect these companies to, you know, be focusing on um highlighting some of that stuff, but also investing in, you know, DNI, diversity and inclusion around all different aspects of who's representing their company, who's in their company. Um, it's something that I'm very passionate about. And my role obviously is like someone that does a lot of pre- presentations. We put on a lot of events and, sh- you know, and showing the wide range of individuals that work on the products and are in the community. So everyone feels warm and welcome here. Right. I think that's mm-hmm. one thing that is, is, is ever important, especially in, in games, um, as well, because of just historically them not being very diverse at all. So just something to, you know, think about, I guess, yeah. Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree that it's like, they're not going to come out. I agree with you, Christina. Like, and I'd be like, and here's the replacement to Miyamoto, but I think yeah. it's sort of these subtle nods, right? It's like, if, if you imagine that they were, they announced a new Star Fox, right. And they're like, and here's the new director, and here's the director of the game, right? Like, you wouldn't know mm-hmm. Imamura san. Like, that's not a household name. I mean, Miyamoto san is not even a, is a household name, name. You know, for Nintendo fans, it is. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think here is like a good representation, you know, of, of like a, a subtle handoff in a way. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah. No, and yeah. I agree. I think that you're, you're exactly right where I agree with Christina that they're not going to just say, all right, this person's replaced and here's the replacement. But I can see them start saying he worked with so-and-so so that the name starts to become yeah. a little bit more synonymous mm-hmm. with Nintendo. And then when that person steps up and Miyamoto steps down, then it's like, oh yeah, well, we've heard about this person. This makes a lot of sense. That's my thought. Well, it's interesting that Imamura joined Nintendo in 1989 because that is the year that the Game Boy released. If you have a Game Boy soon, you are going to be getting an all-new exclusive game. Courtesy of Green Boy Games, uh, they have a Kickstarter for a game called The Shapeshifter. It's going to release sometime this spring. And right now, yeah, the only way that you're going to be able to play it is if you have a Nintendo Game Boy. And it's going to be mostly limited to physical cartridges in order to, quote, keep the spirit alive of the legendary console. So a little bit about the game is you play as Elliot, who is a, quote, ordinary person (laughs) who goes to spend a weekend in the mountains with some friends. Uh, The campaign about Michael. 
<laughs> just an <laughs> <Basically>. ordinary guy. <laughs> no, he has to hurt his knee in some way. Um, <laughs> the camping trip is quickly interrupted by a little elf asking for your help in saving his world from a wizard. Uh, the elf grants you special powers, so whatever animal you touch, you can become. Sounds pretty interesting. And yeah, a lot of people seem to want to keep that spirit alive because the Kickstarter has raised nearly $19,000 so far in its $7,304 goal. And it has about 50 days left. So if anybody else, you know, wants to take out that Game Boy and play an all new game and relive that first that first experience of, of taking out your Game Boy. And, you know, I guess this this is your chance to get another game. I already did it. So I'm in. Um, <laughs> nice. I do have the Game Boy Color that I modified with a you know backlit screen. So I have the ability to play this, which is great. Um, it is very expensive. These games shipped to the U S are $60. So that is a full retail price game. But I guess back in the day you would spend about $60 for a game boy game. But you know, this is a small independent, like a few individual shop basically. Um, and they're putting these games out, which is, I think very impressive. I think it's like one person, two people, something like that. And, um, they have a bunch of games, by the way, this is not their first game. So they've been doing this for a while. They have like a soccer game. They have this, I want this one. It's called like Lunar Journey. It's called Mind Blowing Old School Game Chronicles, the Green Boys Adventures on the Moon. So whatever this great, you know, whatever they're going, like there's a submarine game. I don't know. They're all very expensive though, but I was like, oh, they'll, they'll go for it. Why not? And just, just help them out. But it comes in a box. It comes in a proper box and with instruction books. So this is to me kind of cool. It's a legitimate like mm-hmm. Game Boy cartridge game. That's cool. Yeah. And you know me, I love Kickstarter. And I was right before the pod talking about the new Genki um kickstarter they've had this is their third kickstarter they do a bunch of cool accessories that often get knocked off right away so they had the bluetooth adapter michael you have that right i do yeah works good and (laughs) it works great uh, it works as expected (laughs) and then they have a i have this other one which is a um power cord and hdmi all in one so instead of having to bring a dock with you if you go traveling you just plug this into the wall and then you can plug in a usb cable that they provide to your switch and then there's an hdmi out so you can plug it into like a hotel screen or something like that or if you just didn't want the dock around it's a way to get around it and they have a new one that's called like the shadow cast and this is works on anything that has hdmi but they they showcase it for the nintendo switch because you know, nintendo switch people are always looking for new cool things and it is a little tiny dongle that works sort of like a, um, what's that thing? The the capture like, card, like a capture card, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it casts it, so you could put it in a Zoom call. You can put it in OBS. You can put it on your desktop. You can it turns it into a webcam for all intents and purposes. So it's forty bucks, and that's not bad. So we'll put links into the show notes for that. I think it's they got like three days left, so you might have like a day left by the time you see this, but. Um, I think both of them are cool. And I always forget about Kickstarter because I've been trying to not go to Kickstarter because I spend too much money on Kickstarter. So that's why <laughs> the only time I back stuff is when, you know, we talk about it on the podcast. So, yeah. And mm-hmm. we've, we've had experience with them. So it, mm-hmm. it's not that we think we're going to throw money and it's going to disappear. Like some of the things I've backed before where it just mm-hmm. never gets made. Um, we believe this will actually happen and it's had they've had quality products in the past. So that's a yeah. good 
tell right there. Yeah. I will say that nothing against them, but I am hoping we will no longer need the Bluetooth adapter in the future. Like I'm hoping that when the next Pro comes out or next Switch, or whatever, they Nintendo has addressed that issue. But for now, yes, it works great. It's nice to have your docked and be able to just put in Bluetooth headphones and have them work. So yeah. I'm excited for this. I believe I will back this as well because off our podcast, we were discussing how I want to use a GoPro as a webcam for when we stream. And that should be possible. I know it's possible. But when I bought the Cam Link knockoff that I bought, I wanted to see we essentially we were testing like whether or not some of these junky like twenty dollar you know cam links will work and a lot of the reviews said they did they tested it, it was great but I'm not having any luck with it mm-hmm. so you could either go with the what is it like two hundred dollar cam link that Elgato has um, or you can maybe invest in this for $40 and see if this works. And then you have those added, that added functionality as well. So for me, value wise, this seems like the way to go. And I think it's worth waiting to test it. You know, I can make do with the webcam I have currently and test it with this and see, see how it works out. So I'm excited to give this a shot for sure. Yeah. I need to buy one of the ones that you have. So that way I could test it on my GoPro, which I use with a cam link. Um, mm. as well but now talking about accessories for everything and nintendo switch i could not be more excited for um the bike con the official unofficial bike con for all of your cycling needs um this is an amazing hack by hardware engineer mike Choi. it's not an official product but it is the most amazing 30 minute advertisement ever this guy um has a 24 minute youtube sort of parody of a Labo, Ring Fit, Mario Kart, all in one adventure. And as we know, with the um, the the Joy Cons, you can get pl- you know cardboard accessories with the the Labo, and you can have like a steering wheel for your Mario Kart adventures, which we we've talked about in the podcast in the past. Well, Mike here, he took it to the next step, and this is up my alley because I've been doing a lot of indoor cycling um, and spin classes, and he decided to hook it up to a actual bicycle indoor bicycle he created a custom um ring fit adventure um holder for his joy con that based on turning and movements and how fast you pedal the bike will press different buttons and steer on the joy con um which is amazing so he has this little like you know thing that you slide the Joy-Con in that slides into the ring fit and you use the ring fit as a steering wheel, but you actually have to pedal your bicycle to, to make you go in Mario Kart itself. And so if you're looking for a fitness real world thing, he shows you how to make it, how to do all the things with it. He's not like making more of them, but it is the awesome hack that I love to see. He has played many a games with it, uh, including um, Smash Brothers and other games, <laughs> which is quite fun to see. He even has a um, uh, a um, what are the things that you tap the oh gosh the amiibo amiibo. He has a little amiibo for his character for the little thing too. It's like a whole. It's an amazing production. It's really worth watching. Um, and and I know exactly what he's what he's doing here is he has a little microcontroller. And, um, that's inside of this thing that, and a little gear that's, that's making the little buttons be pressed, 
back and forth. And what he has on the bike is he, he made like a cardboard cutout for that'll go around the fitness bike. This may be not the best uh, idea, but he just hooked up a little cadence sensor. I actually have an app on the app store called my cadence that, that does, reads the numbers for you. So based on how fast you're pedaling is how fast it's, you know, you know, it's actually going to click down and, and hold That's down the cool. button. Anyways, it's awesome. You should definitely go check it out and read the article and watch the video on YouTube. I have it in the show notes already for you. So definitely go take a look at that. Um, so really cool hack and, um, that's what happens when you're really bored in quarantine. So I, I love this. Yeah. It's <laughs> I love awesome. This. Like, I would get a bike just to, just to play this. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very cool. Anytime you can, like we, we just talked about this gamifying, you know, doing more exercise and we were talking about riding mm-hmm. bikes and being able to do something with that. And this is pretty cool. It's, it's fun. And it's, uh, I like the, the cardboard look of it too. Yeah. It's awesome. Now, speaking of boy, being bored in quarantine and making very cool things, we we got a video of a uh, a fan, I should say. And in fact, the name of this person is Stupid Mario Brothers 1 Fan. They created a mod for GoldenEye 007, which features Peach's Castle and all the Mario characters. Essentially, Mario is now Bond, and you go through the castle, and you're shooting up <laughs> all of the other characters and it's playing this was such like a a nostalgia uh overload for me when you're when you hear the golden eye music it's really well done mod for this game it's so cool to see <laughs> and uh i don't i don't think nintendo would approve because they're seeing one of their main characters running around with a gun shooting other characters but it was very cool to see and very family uh, it, friendly yeah yeah maybe not so much family friendly yeah but i would love to see this just made me want golden eye on switch all the more because man oh man what a great game but it was fun it was very cool and at the very end after you make your way all the way through the castle you have to battle bowser at the top of course and uh really well done stupid mario brothers one fan good job very fun to watch Thank you for that. Mm. <laughs> as yeah. I was reading, as I was watching the video, I really badly in the beginning wanted Mario to just, as an intro, say, it's me and Mario, Mario yeah. Bond. <laughs> so bad. It was good. It was really, really fun. Well, that does it for our news this week, and it brings us to our top 10 bestsellers. In first place, we still have Among Us. In second, we have Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game complete edition so that jumped up from last week in third place we have minecraft fourth mario kart 8 deluxe fifth cooking simulator sixth animal crossing new horizons seventh clubhouse games 51 worldwide classics jumping back up in the top 10 eighth is castlevania anniversary collection uh nine is contra anniversary collection and 10 is just dance 2021 just dance it's gonna be okay copyright strike can't do that mods yeah (laughs) great great we lost another one (laughs) another one well that gets us to new releases we're into this week and not many good ones but we do have a few checks surprisingly and uh mats why don't you kick it off yeah the first one i got i put a joke checkbox on there every week i'm gonna do a joke checkbox not zombie apocalypse no we're gonna do cyber shadow this is a game coming out from our good friends over at Yacht Club Games, published mm-hmm. by, developed by Mechanical Head Studios. Um, this is sort of a Ninja Gaiden uh, original ninja action game. Um, hack and slash your way through adventures. It's got that authentic Yacht Club, you know, Shovel Knights 8-bit presentation, handcrafted sprites. 
Um, it is $15 coming out on the 26th. This has been featured on Indie Directs before. It's coming out on all the systems that are out there, but it is, yeah, it's, um, the, the world has been overtaken by a synthetic life forms. You're, you're out to basically uncover what started this, you know, ruined path that's going on. You hack and slash your way through techno hordes, leap past traps and nimbly navigate the ruins of Mecca city is what it's called. And you, you are a ninja and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slice, slice, slice. And that's what you do in the game. Um, <laughs> so it, it looks cool. It looks, it looks cool. I mean, it's on my, it's on my wish list and, um, yeah, you know, I don't need another game to play right now, but it is on my wish list and is one to check out. Nice. Very, very nice. I just want to give anybody who listens to the podcast who makes games complete permission to use Matsu's sound effects in any game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What was the last one? Um, uh Shing or something like that. Shing slice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, slice. That's what I it's kind of like slice. a slice. <laughs> It's like the original um, uh, Batman like yeah. shows episodes, pow. you know, nineteen eighty or whatever. It was like pow, <laughs> yeah. zing, yeah, wow, wham. <laughs> Classic. We need more of that in our lives. I'm just saying, yeah. bring that. I back. It would so. be pretty good to to incorporate those into any game that somebody's making. And if you do, please tell us because that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I checked one game off the list this week, and I'm not a hundred percent sure if I checked it because compared to everything else, it looked good. Or if it will actually be good. Uh, so with that little disclaimer, it's a game called Disjunction uh, for $16 coming out on the 28th. This is an atmospheric stealth action RPG set in the future in the year 2048. And it's kind of cyberpunky. Uh, you play as three different characters, Frank, Joe, and Spider, each with a special set of abilities. Spider stood out to me because it's kind of a hacker personality. I thought she was cool. Now, each of these character stories connect as they're trying to essentially uncover a truth about this mysterious drug that's kind of taking over the city called Shard and trying to understand why this like prominent community leader was arrested. The RPG element is after missions or during missions, sorry, you can find upgrades for each character and you can mix and match these upgrades to adjust the play style. So after each mission, you can change it as you go, which I thought was pretty neat. It's published by Sold Out Games and developed by Ape Tribe Games. And it's releasing to all platforms. So there's no reviews yet. That's why I wasn't really sure about this one. There is a demo available on Steam, but it's Windows only, unfortunately. So if anybody does want to give it a try, I guess you can if you have a Windows machine. Uh, And yeah, what it kind of reminded me of was, Michael, the game you stream Picklock. It reminded me a little bit of that, but with more, just more intense. There's more of a story and there's three different characters and it, it seemed a lot more built out and thought through than Picklock. So I was surprised that you didn't check this because I thought maybe you might be into it, but I thought it looked uh, interesting. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> it looked okay, but I was kind of on the fence and and I've got so, so many games right now that mm-hmm. I'm being mm-hmm. a little bit more... Um, I don't know. I guess I'm being a little bit more strict with what I check and double check at this point because I yeah. I have just so many games and the, yeah. I I honestly I I can't get to them. So you know if something stands out and it looks okay, I'm just kind of letting it pass at this point and just getting a little bit more strict with with that stuff. And and that's yeah. kind of the case. The last couple of weeks there hasn't been a whole lot that's jumped out to me that were that were you know 
must-haves. And maybe that's um, why I checked it too. I was getting guilty. I, I was feeling guilty because yeah, I hadn't checked guilty. anything I haven't in bought so long. A single game. <laughs> I gotta recommend weeks. something to the people. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, there's there's a lot of great games already to play. So even if it yeah. didn't come out this week, there's a lot of great games to play. Yeah, I mean, we we highlighted two games, and there's about thirty games coming out. So you know, it, there's yeah. there there are a few other games like sort of the Necromancer and a few other ones that are you know yeah. out there. I, I put in requests for some keys uh, for Disjunction, so mm-hmm. we'll see if we get one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's hard because you know we're we're sort of sitting around waiting for some bigger games to come out. Mm-hmm. from anybody but there's really not any games from anybody coming out so yeah it's this after holiday lull in which you're supposed to be playing those games that you got for the holidays so we should probably go do that and that's not to say like for any of our listeners you, you gotta understand these are games that appeal to us right True. so there may yeah. be something on this list this list that you just couldn't wait for and that's fine, but we typically shout out games that are appealing to us and something we want to play. Yeah. So it's we're not calling out everything that anybody could have an interest in. So Zombie Apocalypse. Zombie Apocalypse, exactly. That dev has been cranking out some stuff in the last couple of weeks. So stuff is a good word for yeah, it. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> yes. But Anyway, that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show. What you playing? Mats, you've got all kinds of stuff on the list. Let's hear it. Yeah, it was a good week for me. Um, I, I guess because I got to, I played some stuff, but uh, yeah, we so immediately let's let's first me and you uh, talk about Little Nightmares too. Yeah. Let's just get yeah. this saga out of the way here. Yeah. Um, after the pod yesterday or last week, I would say we went and we downloaded the Little Nightmares two demo for not only both our Switch but also for our Xbox Series uh, X and S's. And um, I have the Series S. You have the Series X. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both have a Nintendo Switch, obviously, because so we do this podcast. So we we started on the Switch, and I played through the demo there, and I enjoyed it. Um, and I was like, well, I want to compare and contrast this to the Xbox just to see what we're talking about. And you mentioned, you know, the load times basically between the two are very similar. They're very fast. When you die, you respawn immediately. Now, this is a demo, so maybe they faked it. But please, <laughs> I hope that they didn't fake it because oh, you... Oh, man, that'd be terrible. That would be the worst. Um, yeah. But it's very good in that regard. You get to play through like one of the first levels of the the game uh, a little bit. I mean, the demo is what, like five, ten minutes tops. It's not super long. Ten mm-hmm. minutes tops. And, um, you know, you're 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 playing as as I think um, Mono or whatever, one of the characters. And there's some two player action here. It's weird that there's like the computer plays the other person instead of like someone else helping you through it. I mean, it's got the eerie vibe. It's got all the things you love about little nightmares as far as the creepy vibe, the creepy characters are in this creepy house with like people that were like stuffed with stuffing. Like it took me a while to figure that out, but I was like this, there's not, not okay. What's going on here. Um, Very creepy. (laughs) I like the demo in general. Like if we just talk about demo, we don't talk about the, the hardware. I enjoyed said demo. Mm-hmm. How about you? No, I really enjoyed it, actually, which is surprising because, like I said, the last one didn't do it for me as much. But so far of this demo, when I finished, I wanted more. And yeah. I was like, OK, I'm really getting there was some really super clever puzzles that uh, I enjoyed more than the first time I played the original. The original was a lot of you must die. 
And this one, I felt there were some more visual clues, like the part where you're going through the the leaves and there's like mm. those um, the like bear traps or whatever buried. Yeah. And there's like sticks leaning up. So it was like, all right, you take the stick, you throw it in there. It sets off all the traps. There was like a lot of little clever things. And I really enjoyed walking around this place. I wanted more of that. I, I, I of course, want more story. I really like the world that they create with these games. But after that demo, I was sad that it was over and I wanted more. So I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that's a good sign. Yeah, I, I was I was sad because when you said it, you you had said last week that you thought there was two levels that we got. So I was really excited. Yeah, I thought we had I, more. I got to the end and I go, oh, that was it. Michael. Yeah, I'm a that's son oh, of a yeah. B. But then we both downloaded on the Xbox um, to be, you know compare and contrast. You know, we know that Little Nightmares one, you know, wasn't the perfect game we mostly complained about the load times not necessarily about the graphics um i played these on side by side i took screenshots on both and i uploaded them to our twitter account so you could see the side by side and michael had mentioned that and i had mentioned last week that the little nightmares on switch looked muddier and looked like less anti-aliasing here and I took kind of a screenshot where there's like grass and leaves and background and, and the character with the little bag on its head is, is in focus. And um, it's it's a fairly different looking game. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a pretty big, it's a noticeable difference for sure. Yeah. Um, I flip back and forth through those those stills quite a bit. And it's it's beautiful uh on on the better hardware and not that that's not to say that i i can't play it on the switch mm-hmm. it, it didn't break it for me in any way uh i played a docked and um handheld and you know it played smooth it there was no hardware where it was like causing the game to stutter or anything but it's just visually beautiful on you know like the xbox that we played it on um, yeah big difference I'll put a link into the show notes as well. So you can just tap on that and go to it on our dispatch yeah. podcast. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think it takes away. I will say like when you're moving on the Xbox, it feels, you know, higher FPS, basically, you know, mm-hmm. overall, you feel smoother. Yeah. You know, and, and definitely the game looks muddier. The detailed graphics are not there. They They still have a lot of the, look and feel is there like a lot of it is represented like in the trees and the branches it looks like there's a little less anti-aliasing the textures are a lot lower um it's it is still surprising to me i guess but uh, you know it is what it is but again it doesn't take away from the core gameplay uh, of it I, I think even at the slower fps it's it's still not bad um it wouldn't be like my first pick to buy it on mm-hmm. necessarily now that i have both consoles but if you only had a nintendo switch you're I think you're fine right and that was some of the comments we got yeah. and, you know we said like it, it's it's not breaking right it's not um it's totally sort of, playable yeah. yeah there's nothing wrong with it yeah it's, just, it's a little softer looking on the switch and as it should be because it's a Nintendo switch it's not an Xbox Series S like that's the other thing to think about is like also it it, it is not you know a next-gen console I do kind of expect higher end graphics. I mean, just because Nintendo makes just such beautiful games. But anyways, that's my Little Nightmares demo update there. Um, good. I'm excited for it. I, I will buy it. I hope maybe it'll be on Game Pass. So um, let's talk about a few games that I have been playing. Um, the first game we got a key for. We talked about it last week. It's M- Missile Dancer. 
it is, um, you don't dance around in your room to, to, to missile music, but it is a, it is a side scrolling <laughs> missile. Can music. you explain what, what can you, what can is you missile music? Give us an example of missile music. Well, a missile music is imagine if you were just like, let's get all the missiles sound sound effects and then that's and okay. to like a edm can you, can you give us can you give us some of those missile sound effects please that's exactly what i imagine that's exactly what i imagine. okay all right i can i can literally dropping the beat yeah 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 missile music anyways missile dancer missile dancer it's a fantastical um shmup um, it is two player. I only played one player, but two player locally. It is a great uh, shmup. It's very, uh, very. It took me a little bit to to grasp my head around what I was doing and why I was called Missile Dancer. Is because while you have your normal ship that you're flying around and blasting people like a 1943 type of you know vertical side scroller, you have this area around your ship is this sort of new level that allows you to auto lock onto targets and blast missiles at them. And additionally, all of your enemies are kind of, they have normal weapons, but they also have missiles. Some of them are all different things. So you're dancing around the missiles and making your missiles dance to make them blow up and you chain together combos um, with your missiles. So you grow the power of your missiles, the power of your guns and the radius of your auto lock on. So like I got my auto lock on almost half the screen and, and like it just missiles go everywhere. It's super fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, it, it's beautiful. It's fast. It plays really good. There's a bunch of different modes, like, you know, arcade mode and score attack mode. Um, it's a good game. It's, nice. it's super duper good. Yeah. I really am a lot of enjoying fun. it, enjoying it so far. I only played for maybe 30, 40 minutes or so last night. But uh, it's a good good take on the shmup genre. So Missile Dancer would definitely give that a buy recommendation. Um, other game I've been playing is Doom Eternal. We talked about Doom Eternal last mm-hmm. week uh, because Digital Foundry did their breakdown on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I decided not to buy it for the Nintendo Switch because it is on Game Pass on the Xbox Series uh, S and X. And as, I guess Xbox One as well because it's on all the things. Um, yeah, Doom's awesome. Uh, I, I love the, the I, I did own the Doom remake on Nintendo Switch, and I thought it was beautiful uh, as well. And they were saying that the Doom Eternal is even better than it's the, probably the best port that um, Panic Button has done yet. And, you know, the side by side screens between Switch and non Switch, besides the 30 frames per second to 60 frames per second difference uh, is very well done. I mean, there's, of course, some things that they took out, but as far as the core gameplay, it's a, it's a great game. This doom is much different than the other doom. Um, I, I can't explain why, but it feels like a completely different game than the other doom game that, that came out. Um, I mean, granted they are different games, but as far as what you're doing, what you're upgrading, what you're leveling up, it is, um, it's crazy. I played it for about five, four or five hours, I think so far. And I'm two of six levels down. And of course, there's multiplayer. There's all this other junk in there. I just like the campaign mode. And um, yeah, the game is good. It's so good. It's it's everything is good about it. There's nothing bad. Nice. Everything is good. The music is super good on the Xbox. I bought this um, the Dolby uh, surround sound for headphones so it can like simulate 3D surround sound around you or whatever. There's a trial seven day trial. Amazing. Just like I don't know do something about Doom 
I just love it. Heather was waiting for me to, to, to die in the game. She had asked me a question last night <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and, um, I, I mean, it just sucks me in. Cause I'm like the music and this is like, Bruh. it's like, it's missile music, but do missile music, which is mm-hmm. like crazy. And like the ambient, <laughs> the ambient music while you're just walking around is like, like demons, like whispering in your ears. It, it's creepy and like awesome. It's just, it's, it's like so subtle. The whole thing about this game is that hell has come to earth and you are coming in to basically put a stop to that. And 60% of earth has been overtaken by the hell gates that have opened um, and demons are flooding out everywhere. So you're coming in to um, make this sort of uh, go away, but um, it's super good. Anyways, it's, it's awesome. Just like the other doom game, it is fantastic in every way and you should buy it um if you like doom or if you like a first person shooter in general it's super good just like bulletstorm also a fantastic game and doom but these games are great games and make me love it and for some reason you know i was playing gears 5 and i really enjoyed gears 5 but i thought that it was like a lot of almost too much um romancing of trying to get in and too much explanation and tutorials and and while the game is stunning it's absolutely beautiful just something about doom and bulletstorm is like you're just you're in it and you're just like let's go let's do this and um i'm enjoying it and the load times that's probably the biggest difference i i'd have to imagine between the uh switch and the series x and this is one of the first times that i played a game that like it just loads so fast it, like loads every level in like two seconds and you're like and you're good it's like tries to put a tip on the screen i don't know if you've played stuff on your series x and you can't even yeah. read it it's just and you're good you're done yeah. right and you're just like yeah. all right okay cool it's like so fast um it's funny it's when good. games do that now because it does load so fast i'm like i was trying to read the tip i i like i need the tip <laughs> you know I need the tip. Can't, can't, yeah i can't get it jeez it's going so fast oh uh, yeah that's that's all you've been on a big kick with these kind of games this is like your jam right now yeah you know i started i mean i was always a first person shooter type of person back in the halo days you know back way back in the day and xbox you know golden eye right just think back to those yeah. Um, I've always loved them, but then I sort of dropped out of them because I would, I would play a lot of multiplayer and I really got, you know, tainted to multiplayer games mm-hmm. via first person shooters just cause people. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'll tell you like, I don't know, just something about doom when that came out and stuff like that, just really, really got it. Cause it's, it's fast, high pace, go, go, go. And, and just going for it. I, I, I like it. It's, it's a little bit less thinking, I guess. Where I think like Wolfenstein when when Christine and I were playing, it's like you gotta think, you gotta plan out stuff. Like, I just want to run and gun and shoot yeah. things. Let me shoot the go. demons. Um, last thing here before we continue on, I've been on an epic quest in the last week to um find pinball accessories for my Nintendo Switch. Okay. okay. Um now I got into this because of Arcade One Up, who makes the three force replications of arcade machines have come out with pinball machines with zen pinball who do pinball fx and they are beautiful and i want them but they're five or six hundred dollars and they are locked to the 10 tables for the theme so whether it's a marvel theme or star wars or classic um, game theme you're locked into those and i do not have room for a full pinball table or three four scale i I wish I did mm-hmm. um, because apparently they're very, very good. Well, they're, they're, they're big. They are very good. I just don't have room for it. And that's the problem with pinball is unless I had a game room and had a, a bigger house, I wouldn't have room for it. Um, 
and in the garage is the spin bike, so I can't put it out there. So I've been on this quest because I had the flip grip for the Nintendo Switch that you could like put things vertically, this and that. I'm like, man, I really want that authentic feel of pinball, but I want it to be for my Nintendo Switch because I have all the stuff there. Or maybe there's even, you know, something else out there. So I first looked at this um, company called Sharpen, digital-pinball.com, and they make little boards that you can put tablets in or screens are built into and you can hook up your computer or an Android tablet to. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll buy that. But they're too expensive. They're like 100 or 200 bucks. And they have switches. So they have toggles and they have all the things and you can like bump it and whatnot. And like, this is great but I'm not going to spend that much money and I don't really want to buy all the games again on a tablet because I have purchased all of them on my Nintendo switch. So I went out seeking the internet like one does. And I stumbled across some posts on Kotaku and another one um, out there talking about this independent dude in Japan. Um, He has a small company called far East pinball. And what he does is he, is really into classic arcades and sells merchandise and, and, and equipment in and around these classic games. And he has a 3d printed Nintendo switch digital cabinet that you can place your Nintendo switch into. And then inside of it is a little microcontroller that is hooked up to switches. So like little toggles to, you know, so you can actually play pinball with them. Um, that's hooked up to a little microcontroller that simulates a Nintendo Switch controller that you plug into USB. So when you plug it in and you go to play Pinball FX3 or Star Wars Pinball or any of these other ones out there, it acts as your real controller um, that's out there. So there's like an open source library that does this. So I was really excited about this. I found it, you know, it's like 70 bucks shipped from Japan, which is still a little expensive, but I was like, you know, everyone says it's awesome. And this dude makes them by hand. He 3D prints them, makes them all by hand, one at a time. <laughs> okay. Wow. And um, so I went on there, sold out. And I was like, oh my goodness. I was so bummed out. And then I went on to the dude's um, Twitter account. And two days earlier, he posted that he had two in stock and it's going to be a while until he makes more. And I was like, oh no. Right. I was like, oh no, this is like the worst day ever because I was one day or two days short of of getting this thing so i tweeted at him i said hey you know i I just missed out on this i've been looking for this for like so long um you know can i pre-order the next one like you know could you do you know like you know i'll I'll pay more i don't care right and he tweeted back at me and he said hey i have one more sitting around as like my you know just back inventory in case situations like this i'll put it back in stock for you so he put it back in stock for me and boom i bought it nice which is awesome that's cool so I bought that. I also bought, he has a little 3D printed stand for the Game & Watch. And then I also bought this other like cabinet. It's like a cabinet that you can put your Switch in. It looks like an old, you know, tabletop um, 3D printed thing. I'll put links in the show. I can't yeah, even describe definitely. it. I was like, if I'm shipping stuff from Japan, I'm buying all the things, right? Um, now, I don't know when I will get this, um, the the little tabletop thing. And the and the and the pinball thing, because the shipping from Japan was only six dollars via Japan post. Um, and that means that that will take about 10 to 8000 weeks to get here. So we will see <laughs> if it anywhere ever comes. In there. Yeah, anywhere in here, it will it will come at some point. But I'm super excited about it. Um, 
yeah, my quest is complete once I get this and I'll do a full video um, on it probably. So that's awesome. <laughs> that's very, very cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I saw, I think I saw a picture of one that you had uh, tweeted out. So I'm excited to see when you get it and actually can take some real pictures of it. Yeah. So yeah, very cool. I'm excited. How about that's you, Christina? It. This was a very busy week for me. I start teaching again tomorrow and there's a lot of work stuff. So unfortunately, I didn't really get to play that much this week. Uh, I just played a game of Wingspan with you and then I did a couple um, games against the computer. But that's it. That's all for me. I heard that um, you did pretty good, Christina. No. I might have beat Michael. There's no bite about it. You definitely beat me by, I think, (laughs) one or two points destroyed uh, no, I, I said hear. in the beginning of the podcast i got like 30 points on you i don't remember it that way i, I could be I, I took a bad hit this week You're so maybe mistaken. i maybe it's mis- yeah, yeah it's, things sure are cloudy head? Yeah, things are a lot of medication <laughs> things are cloudy sure. you know okay. you, you beat me in our in our step count because you know i'm limping around so of course you took advantage of the situation and you you're doing sprints Called around strategy. your apartment and uh so I feel like you're you're kicking a guy while he's down, basically, is what's happening here. But Listen, uh, no mercy. Yeah, Cobra no mercy. Kai. Cobra Kai. It's the way. <laughs> it is the way. Um so yeah, Wingspan, obviously that's one of mine as well. Witcher three. We did discuss unexpected quests last week and we got a code for that. So I've been playing a little bit of that. I can't really speak to it too much yet, only because uh, what I've played seems to be very tutorial heavy. It's just kind of walking you through the motions, trying to figure out what's going on. So far, what I have seen is cute. It seems pretty well done. It's There's nothing that's jumping out as like, oh, I made a terrible mistake. It's uh, So far, it's pretty good. And I'm excited to play a little bit more of that. And like uh, Mats was saying, I finished up the Little Nightmares 2 demos. I was hoping for more, but I'm excited to play it. I'm going to wait and see when it comes out. I mean, $30 for the game. I, I don't, we, we need to know how much there is because that's, that's a lot. And, you know, if there's, if there's um DLC that comes out for this one, just like there was the last time is, I don't know if it's something I need or if I just get it when there's like that definitive edition a year from now, yeah. you know, and, and maybe that's where I'm, yeah, maybe that's where I'm at. Let a couple updates come out, let some DLC come out, and then it's totally worth it. But based on what I played, I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, which was surprising to me because, like I said, I, I didn't love the first one as much. So I really enjoyed the world. I was in a maybe I was just in a right frame of mind when I was playing, and I was excited to be playing it, and kind of it it really sucked me in, and I I enjoyed the puzzles and everything that was going on. So I'd like to see some more. I really, really would, and uh, I guess we we don't have too far to wait before reviews start popping out for that, and uh, and we get to get at least an idea of how how much there is there. Maybe $30 is completely reasonable for, you know, maybe there's 20 hours of gameplay. I don't know, but I'm excited to get more on it. Is that it? That's it for me. Okay, cool. Done. Nice. Cool. Boom. We did it. We did it. Under one hour. All right. We're going to call it a podcast. (laughs) Hope that everyone uh, enjoyed this one. I know I did. Um, This is a fun one. I got to play some games. I got to talk about games. It's it's a lot. It's been a while. Yeah, you don't usually get to talk about games, so it's nice that you got to this time. I mean, we'll see if that trend continues. This week, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. went into portable mode. Well, we'll see if that trend continues or not. I assume it won't. So we'll see what happens. But until next week, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch. You can find everything at nintendodispatch.com, including our Twitch live streams on uh, twitch.tv slash Nintendo Dispatch, on Twitter at Dispatch Podcast, or that Discord button on top of nintendodispatch.com to hang out and chat with us when we're not podcasting. So until next week, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.